to this episode of Life Beyond Our Wildest Dreams. This is a family recovery podcast where we share stories about what we've earned through our recovery. This podcast is not affiliated with any specific program and the opinions are those of the guests only. The podcast is now available on Amazon, Apple, Anchor, Spotify, and most other platforms you listen to your podcast. I'm your host, Denise, so please subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Today, my special guests are Rini, Jill, and Meg. Today, we have the fabulous 40. These are women with 40 plus years of sobriety. 40 plus continuous years of sobriety. So today, we're going to talk to each one of them about what it's like to have continuous sobriety for more than four decades and have them share some of their experience, strength and hope with us. So it's going to be a little bit different of a format today. The questions will be a little bit different. So what I'm going to do is so far I see that we have Meg and Jill online here and we're just gonna give a couple of seconds for Rini to come through. And maybe what I can actually do is we'll just wait a couple of seconds and um, then I could start maybe with one of the other ladies with the questions until Rainy comes online. So let's just give it a couple of minutes. As I said, we're available now on Amazon, Spotify, Anchor, and you can leave a review or rating on any of those platforms. The podcast has no opinion on specific programs. And the opinions are those of the guest only. We have no affiliation with any specific program. So we will give it a couple more minutes. Jill, can you hear me okay? Yes. And Meg? Yeah. Okay, so we will just welcome you two ladies and we'll wait for a second for Rini. Now Meg is of course experienced at this, having done her own episode with her son on how families recover through um, or how families do recover. And uh, that was a great episode. And so uh, she's kind of experienced at this. So we can always rely on Meg for some backup. Now, hopefully it'll just take them a second here. And there it looks like we have Rini now. So everybody's online and we are recording. So Rini, can you hear us okay? I can. Perfect. Thank you. Welcome. So basically what I just to recap this episode, as I said, is women 40 years and over with continuous sobriety and uh, how this goes in the line of sponsorship is Rini is uh, 49 years sober in February and she sponsors Meg who I've known for two years and consider an amazing friend and Meg is 45 years in May. Uh, and then we have Jill, who is sponsored by Meg, and Jill is 41 years in December. And my uh, the ladies all, uh, Meg is in Lancaster, Jill is in Florida, and Rini is in New Mexico. So all three ladies met in Naples, Florida in 1980. So not only with long-term, you know, continuous sobriety, also comes long-term friendships. So, you know, that's the bonus that we get. We come into 
recovery to quit drinking and we get so much, so much more. And so ladies, I'm going to ask you to put your volume to about halfway if possible or three quarters. We're getting a little bit of feedback. And other than that, I'm going to start, first of all, I think I'll start with Meg because she's done it before. And I'm going to start with the first question with Meg and then I will go from Meg to Jill, to Rini, and each one will answer the questions. And we're going to do a series of a couple, about three questions and about maybe three, four minutes to answer each question is great. So thank you, ladies, for your patience and for coming today and showing people that, you know, this thing can be done. And Meg, let's start with you. Um, why don't we start with, why don't you give them an idea of a combination? Let's just go a little bit about what caused you to think recovery was something that would be necessary or something you want to look into and maybe give us a little snapshot of what your first meeting was like. And I'll just say at this point that all the ladies are involved in a 12 step program. Go ahead, Mary. All right. Thanks, Denise. Um, well, I actually, um, as I said, as I've said before, what got me thinking that recovery was possible for me or something I might want to do was a story I read in a magazine. And I could so relate to the, to the uh, person who was the hero of the story. And it occurred to me that if there was a solution for her, there might be a solution for me. I had known that I had a problem with alcohol and drugs, um, and, well, for many years, but for definitely two years before that. And I just thought that's the way it was, that everybody had to be something and that's what I was going to be. That was my lot in life. And when I read this story in the magazine and realized that there might be a solution, it gave me hope for the first time in a really long time. Uh, I wasn't sure exactly how to go about it, but I thought I'll just do what, I'll just do what she did. So I made a phone call. I connected with somebody who basically made me cry, but uh, I felt like for the first time in a really long time that maybe there was something out there there for me besides pain and suffering and broken relationships. And when I went to my first meeting, I looked around at people who looked just like me, people who, uh, it was a women's meeting, and women who, uh, if I had seen them on the street, it would have never occurred to me that they had the same kind of problems I had. Even though the things that brought us into that room were very different, the feelings were exactly the same. Nice. Nice. Great. Well, that gives us an idea. And, you know, certainly that you, through that whole process, you felt hope and that you did enter the rooms. And when you entered the rooms, obviously the hope and everything that you had expected was there. The help was there. Yep. Jill, what was your experience? Why don't we go to you next? What what changed for you on that last day of your addiction that you thought that recovery would be something you'd be looking into? Well, um, it did take me four years to get to my first meeting from my first phone call for help. 
And um, I did not know until that first meeting that I went to um, anything about alcoholism. And I thought that if I really tried really hard that I could control and enjoy my drinking. And it wasn't until my first meeting that I was sitting there um, pretty much at the bottom of the barrel and Meg was at that meeting and she made me cry. Um, that, Meg uh, can make me cry. Yes, she, <laughs> she's good at that. And it, it wasn't then until I found out that this is a disease that always gets worse, never better. And when mm. they said it always gets worse, never better, I really lost it because that was the last shred of hope to hang on to drinking that I had. And when they said that, I'm like, you know, well, how can you help me? Because it can't get any worse. You know, I can't bear it. I hate myself already. And when you totally hate yourself, you know, um, it's not but, no, too it's, far to go up not good so i grabbed onto the program with both hands um right there at my first meeting i totally knew i couldn't continue in the life i had there were a lot of women at my first meeting and they were close and friends and they were happy and um i just grabbed onto them and awesome. you know followed them so awesome great and rini what about you what was the turning point for you that you started to look into recovery. I didn't look into recovery at all. I didn't know what the name of God was the matter with me. Mm -hmm. I had already been psychiatrists, doctors, pills, you name it. And then they did uh, suggest it to my uh, husband then at the time that I was an alcoholic and they took they carted me off to a rehab, and there I was introduced to AA. But the first two weeks at rehab, I I was a potted plant. I have said that since my day one in AA. I had no idea what the name of God was going on. Mm. Um, and it was really, I can't imagine people, see these girls just coming into an AA meeting. I didn't. And thank God they did introduce me to one of lady that was going to AA and they, she and her husband both in the program came to visit me at, at the hidden brook where I was at rehab. It doesn't even exist anymore. But and how long did you stay in the rehab? I'm just curious. 30 days. It was 30 okay. days. And I was introduced then to all the steps and a, it was another language. And yeah. I was given these two books, you know, step book and the big book. And, and I was like, no, this can't, you know, this can't be. There's no way I'm this. How can I live without drinking? I, I mean, how can uh, my, my mental thoughts were, how can I possibly enjoy a New Year's Eve without champagne? This was unheard of. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and were you relatively younger at the time? Like I was 21 oh, when I came in. Oh my gosh. Well, I was, I had 30, my 35th birthday was celebrated with all my other little inmates at the rehab. <laughs> <laughs> you so, sound like I do when I went to rehab. I went after two uh, years of being uh, 
so so called sober but was dry and that was my exact thing and I don't think I've heard too many people refer to it ever but that was my thing to the inmates at the yeah. compound yeah well, we were all there together and equal women too so I wasn't this wasn't frightening in fact I was introduced to fabulous people in fact um I'm trying to think of Joe Joe the uh, the priest that uh, does the um for the service. Well, I forget he's, I'm forgetting what he was uh, called. He came out, he was only a parish priest at the time and came out for our uh, step meeting on every Wednesday, which of course I would only have had four. But when wow. I came, I couldn't wait to get, I mean, I I just, it was, it was just groping. I felt very much like groping, even when I came back home. Uh, like, and then I had to go to my first meeting and it was like, wow, even though I knew my, I didn't call her my sponsor yet, but the, the couple that came to visit me in rehab, uh, they were there. So it was like, there was someone there, but still it was upstairs and I called it the upper room, but those <laughs> steps were 130. I mean, yep. I thought I would never get to the top of the steps. And then wow. there was, it was amazing. I can tell you that I felt at home and I don't know why. And I never questioned it, but I know when I left, I, I looked forward to going back. Wow. And that's it. So that's a very, <laughs> that's a very different experience than the other two where, yes. the, you know, yes. the meetings were first in the rehab. And that's the great thing about recovery is we all have a different path and a different story. Now, mm -hmm. how um, long, Rini, have you been sponsoring Meg? Oh, my gosh. I don't know what year she asked me. When she first moved to Naples, I was already there. And then she asked me if I'd be her sponsor. And I said, sure. She was, and she was no problem at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good to know. So, Meg, yes. do you recall how long it was? Just, no. a, just a uh, rough idea, oh like twenty God. years. Oh, boy. yeah, it was, it was nineteen eighty, it was nineteen eighty one, because I was in Naples for a year and just sort of looking around, and then I finally asked Rini. So well, well over 30 been, years. You've oh, been yeah, sponsoring. that's a long time because yeah, we haven't had much contact until what? Meg oh I don't know we by email that's about it well that's awesome so that's the whole thing right is that when we get these great relationships and sponsorships and we sometimes have relationships with sponsors far greater than our own family my own sponsor had 52 years and gave me my 38 year kick last year and died a week later oh. and We'd known each other 41 years. We had been sponsor, sponsee for 20 years and kind of sponsoring each other because her sponsor had died. And so these relationships are so strong and so um, it's so important. And I think that people that aren't in 12 step programs, you know, they don't have that same benefit of that right. gift, that gift of sponsorship and friendship. So all of you from 1980 have maintained your friendships. Now let's go back to Meg. Meg, what do you think, try and mix it up, okay? What do you think uh, <laughs> is a couple of the important things you have earned through your recovery? Did you say earned or learned? Sorry, earned. Earned, okay. It's probably my accent. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I 
I have earned the right to be a person in the world um, who gives and not takes. And I have also uh, earned, I believe, the right to pass what I've learned on to other people. And I, I guess I don't really think about earning. Um, and that's something I'm probably going to write about later because I don't think I've ever really thought about it in that way. But I know that um, staying, staying clean and sober has given me the confidence to go into any situation and know that I'm probably going to make it better. Perfect. And that's a pretty amazing thing. Excellent. And you know what I'm so impressed with is the different answers than you gave the last episode. So I'm happy. Uh, oh, cool. Excellent. Excellent. Now, Jill, what about yourself? What do you think a couple of things are that you've earned in your life through your recovery? Wow. Um, I've had an amazing, amazing life. One thing that when you say earned, that is something that I did earn a college degree. Um, nice. Which was a really big deal to me when I got sober to start taking, to start passing classes. I passed my first class sober. So uh, <laughs> it gave me a wonderful career as a teacher for 31 years. And wow. that was like something that was beyond my wild to be a teacher so and then I, I have to say um, I had my husband passed away a year ago but I met him and he was sober as well and in that 12-step program and so we had a 28-year marriage and I know when he passed I had no regrets and nothing not I had done my best and if I'd not been sober, I know I would have been a rotten, lousy wife, you know? Wow. And because I was sober, I knew I did my best for him through his life his, and his sickness. And that was a big gift to be able to do that for him. Awesome. Well, those are really important, important things. And uh, Thank you for sharing that. And Rini, what about you? What do you think a couple of things that you've earned through your recovery are? I'm questioning earned like Meg mm -hmm. did. Um, and she's, I, I admire that her graciousness is not resisting, that she'll work on that word later. Um, earned, I feel it's all a gift. Mm -hmm. I don't deserve yeah. sobriety, but I had maintained, see, I've maintained what they told me and what I was taught and going to meetings. And it seems that my, because sobriety broke up, not coalesced my marriage. Uh, sobriety was not received at all. Um, the drinking life was the way what I was introduced and the way we lived. And I mean, it was wine with meals and after dinner drinks, liqueur. And this sober life was like wild to uh, my ex. And he thought I had become self-righteous. And well, it just split. I mean, after a year, they say, you know, don't make major decisions 
So I tried, I couldn't believe it, but you know, I was, there was a speaker one time that said, well, and then after you get sober, there's a wrecking ball yeah, and you are wrecked into the wall. And that is it. My whole entire life, as I knew it, fell apart, even with three beautiful little boys. And they now, one's passed away and two are still around. And the one I have been talking with, uh, we talk, but there's no... Um, Oh, I don't know. Not not that family closeness that would be a desire, you know, where you have the whole family comes together and there's 30 people. Right. Uh, which was a dream because I was raised in a household of lots of people. And uh, so it just didn't happen that way. Uh, but other than that, my my life just kept moving along. And I would say... Still, I'm roommates with a gal that I've sponsored since she came to AA. And um, it's it's been, we've traveled a lot. I would nice. say that the joy of that was art and traveling. I mean, the when I think that I've been to the Louvre several times and all the museums in Paris and New York City and things like that, uh, that would have been a childhood dream because I was a Hollywood girl. I loved the movie stars and movies. Oh, my. And and all that, that um, what would you call it? Sophisticated and exciting life. Yeah. But that, and you thought, I thought drinking was a part of that. But you know what? It's so wonderful to be aware. And when you go to these places, now you see it. It's not like, well, go to lunch and get half crocked on wine and then you forget where you were. Right, where I was and what I saw. So I've had a long time of, um, what would you say, investigating, living life, practicing and practicing the program. Yeah, I'm I'm just uh, not so much as earning as aware of having received. Excellent. And the thing is, I think the word earned through recovery has always been basically exactly more pertaining to what Jill was saying as well. There's a lot of people that come in, they go to school, they earn diplomas, they earn the respect of their families, they earn, you know, friendships. So a lot of people, you know, use the word that way, but earn, learn, it's exactly the same thing. So as we wind up here, Rini, why don't we uh, finish with you first of all and why don't you tell us that pick one thing if you can that you think that uh, is something that you're doing specifically today in your life beyond your wildest dreams that you know you would not be able to do if you were not sober and you had not stayed on the path well I would have not been able to support myself and work with fashion which I loved uh, awesome. fire in New York City, uh, going and then especially traveling. I those were definitely dreams, um, and it sounds like they were real passions too. In the end, they were they were passions. Paris especially. <laughs> wow! So that sounds like a real <laughs> life beyond my wildest dreams. So you know, Rini, I'm really really appreciative. Don't go off and don't sign off because we'll still finish with the other two ladies, but. You know, I think your example today to come on here, your willingness still after 49 years to be a service. 
And to come and share, you know, the fact that, you know, that cost you some things along the way, but you basically have had a really good life and that sober people can live a full, exciting, passionate life. So thank you so much for taking the time today and coming and sharing that with us. And also, also showing us the legacy of sobriety. You know, here we've got three generations, basically, of sponsorship and that, you know, things are changing a little bit with recovery. And, and, you know, this is more the way it always was. And it's just a good thing for people to see that. uh, So I really appreciate you as the one with the most sobriety. Uh, Thank you so much for it's been an honor to meet you. Same here. to, To hear you. And now I know kind of what's ahead for me. Uh, I had to get Meg to round people up in the U.S., unfortunately, in even our city here in our district here. Uh, the last few people ahead of me have passed away all in the last three years. So we don't have women with 40 plus years uh. um, that are still here with us. So it's been an honor. And let's go on then in sequence here. I guess we would go on to Meg. Meg, um, you know, 45 coming up. And again, you know, the one thing about you that I've always admired is that, you know, we just, you just are committed to your recovery. You're a straight shooter. Uh, You, people don't realize that you'll make them cry when you give them the opportunity. (laughs) They don't catch on to that right away. But, you know, you're the real deal. And, uh, you know, I, I just can see through the whole people I've met through you that you're around like-minded people, people you sponsor. You don't ask them to do anything you wouldn't do yourself. And so, you know, you're a great example. So what do you think your one thing today is going to be that is beyond your wildest dreams? Well, I'm sure you already know what it is. If I weren't sober, I would not have a relationship with my son. And that has been the greatest joy of my sobriety. Other than staying, other than getting sober, that's the greatest joy of my sobriety. That's the one thing that I know would not have happened if, um, if I didn't get and stay sober. Awesome. And for any of the listeners who haven't heard the episode with you and your son, uh, Matt, then please search the episodes and look for Meg and Matt and their story. Um, Awesome story about um, her giving her son up at a certain age and then being reunited when they were both in recovery. So that's a great episode, everybody, to listen to if you haven't already. Thank you, Meg, again for your friendship for your time and for all your effort getting the ladies together and um, don't go away. And Jill, you're up next, 41 years in December. Um, I love your story and, you know, the gift that you come in, you, you embrace the program, that you earn this college degree and you earn a career of 31 years and you earn a 28 year marriage. And, you know, that's amazing. Um, So I really, really appreciate you taking the time to come and and talk to us about everything. Now, what do you think if you had to pick 
something today in your current life that you feel is beyond your wildest dreams that you wouldn't be able to do if you didn't stay on the path? What do you think it would be? Wow. Um, I would just say my life. My life is just... Amen. Um, it is... I wake up and I have love in my heart. And that is my life now. There you go. I have a good day. And I really feel my higher power is the spirit of love. Yeah. And I have that joy in my heart. And I go through each day with love in my heart. And um, that is the best thing. Sometimes I get into fear, doubt, and insecurity, especially a few times lately. But um, then I just go back and try to connect with that feeling because I think that is my life. It is a life right. that from self-hate, I have found love. So Right. And I think that that is a perfect note to end on because, yes. you know, isn't that what recovery is? It's yeah. having love in our heart. It's the spirit of love and joy. And it's the gratitude and giving back what we've been given. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. all of you are examples of that between the three of you if my calculations are correct i believe you have 134 years of sobriety <laughs> wow and wow. if we and That's if amazing. i throw my 39 in we have 173 between four people <laughs> so i would say i would say everybody that if you come in you give it a chance whether it's 12 step program no matter what form of recovery path you pick if you choose recovery you do have a chance to have a life beyond your wildest dreams. So thank you, ladies. It's been an honor to be in your presence. Thank you, Denise. Oh, and, thank you, Denise. Yes, thank you, Denise. And we'll be in it. touch and take good care and just carry on doing what you're doing and live full and meaningful lives. Uh, thank, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Love all you guys. You too, Love darling. You too, Meg. Talk to you all soon. All right. Bye. Bye-bye.